Welcome back into Bearcat Rewind, and thank you for joining me for episode number 85 of our podcast. And the M Club Hall of Fame inductions are just over a month away. The 2020 ceremony was knocked out due to COVID-19, but good things come to those who wait, and we have a great class being enshrined in October. Former Bearcat baseball player Britt Westman will go in with the 2021 class. We caught up with him last week to talk about that honor and so much more. Now Westman, the Smithville native, came to Northwest in 2005 and played alongside his older brother Riley. His father Benjamin was also in the squad back in the 70s, so a family affair here at Northwest Missouri State for Britt. And when his career wrapped up in 2008, he walked away as the program's career leader in hits with 239, RBIs with 200, 170 runs scored, 747 at-bats, and 214 games played. He's also second in program history with 36 career home runs. As far as the entire MIAA goes, he also holds all-time marks in the conference with 1,732 putouts and 1,855 total chances. Britt is one of the greatest Bearcats ever yet. He is extremely humble as we discuss his Northwest career and background on today's podcast. A Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash foundation. And also Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clorindahealth.com. We have Britt Westman jumping on the podcast today, taking us through the call that told him that he would be inducted into the M-Club Hall of Fame, the highlights from his career playing alongside his brother Riley here at Northwest, and if he has any rooting interest in the upcoming Major League Baseball playoffs and World Series. Let's dive into this week's Bearcat Rewind. We are joined by future M-Club Hall of Famer Britt Westman, and I say future because the inductions are coming up just over a month from now as we're recording this here in September. But, uh, Britt, how does that sound as uh, a future Hall of Famer of Northwest Missouri State after all the work you put in here uh, in the early 2000s now, kind of seeing it come to fruition? It, it, sounds, it sounds awesome. I'm, just, I'm really happy that someone from uh, the generation that I was able to play there is making it in. Cause I, I mean, I, I played with so many good players, and many of them could have easily made it in. I just was fortunate to have the – longevity and uh we were able to put up like the career numbers because i got i had the opportunity i was there for all four years and had the opportunity to play uh but i mean i was surrounded by so much talent so it's really nice to see someone from that generation be able to make it in the hall of fame um that's probably what i'm most excited about it's fitting that these inductions even though you know baseball is spring season here and it, it wraps up there you know, just as the summer is getting going, but you know the, the induction set for October 29th. That's set to be Game Three of the World Series. So, Fall Classics happening. You're going into the Hall. It's very fitting as we think about that. But you think about baseball players and coaches at Northwest that you're going into the Hall with, with guys like John Wassum and Gary Gaetti and names like that. I mean, is is that something as you're playing and you're invested as a 19, 20, 21 year old at Northwest that? Man, I'm 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 playing pretty well. Maybe I could have my name alongside guys like that down the road. <laughs> no, not at all. Guy uh, Eddie is such a I don't know big name from around there. Like you look at him, like major league career, and uh, my dad was able to play with him. He was a teammate of Gary. So I, I, like when I was younger, I got to meet Gary. He seemed like such a larger than life. You know, he's a professional baseball player. I never put myself on the same tier as him. And same with Watson. I got to meet him several times. 
phenomenal coach, phenomenal person, and it's just they. I don't know. I, I never really put myself on that tier, but I'm very honored to be there. You know, and whatever you see, whether it's baseball or NFL or whatever, you, you know if you're a finalist and you know if you have a chance. And whenever that call's coming, it's it's potential for right there. What's it like in this situation for you as you're getting that phone call in 2020, letting you know that you're going to be a Hall of Famer? Did you know it was a possibility or that you might have been a finalist or something? No, I, I had no idea. And the, the phone call came from Andy Peterson, who was – I was a roommate with Andy in college, so I see Andy's phone call come, and it's just, okay, Andy's calling me, so I answer it, and we, we chit-chat for, I don't know, maybe five minutes, and at the end of it, he goes, well, actually, I'm calling you on official Bearcat business, and you let me know, and – and I had that. I was like, "Well, what is it?" I had no idea that, uh, like, that I was even in the running for it. So I think he kind of explained, "Yeah, uh, you were nominated and voted on." So it was out of the blue to me, uh, but it was a very cool phone call, especially getting it from Andy. You know, and I mean, a buddy of mine, and um, not expecting it at all. So that that was neat. You know, it's so cool because you think about the chance for the induction and, and the ho- the homecoming festivities and everything surrounding it. Of course, COVID-19 pushed it a little bit further down the line than we would have liked to have seen uh, liked to have seen these happen last year, of course. Um, but is it just kind of a flood of memories coming in that you know you're going to see these familiar faces around October, but it's kind of all those big games, the hits, the moments, the bus rides, it all just kind of comes flooding back as that phone call ends? For sure, and that was, that was the, that's the best part of it. Like uh, the baseball, like playing baseball was a blast. But the best part about it was the relationships that you build because um, you're with. The baseball season is in the spring, and I, I remember the games. Um, not in like every detail, but the stuff I really remember is is the, the fall practices, the morning workouts where we're walking on campus at five forty-five in the morning, and there's snow covered everywhere, and we're the only ones awake. And I mean, just like. Uh, the stuff that we do together, we, we we practice together, we worked out together, we went back and we all lived in the same apartment complex, and so like that's the stuff that really came flooding back is is the, the people that I surrounded myself with or was able to be surrounded by uh, during that time frame, and it just a lot of good memories. You kind of mentioned a little bit earlier talking about the chance to to meet Gary Gaetti and Don Wasson, but. You're not the first Westman to come through the program with your brother Riley a year older, and then you mentioned your dad Ben coming through in the 70s as well. What's that like, just having that name kind of reverberate around the halls of Northwest Missouri State Baseball and so many stats and wins and just little things that the Westman name is incorporated right there with the Bearcats? It's neat being able to experience some of the same things that the dad was able to experience, the location, because he always talked, growing up, he always talked about uh, Maryville and Northwest, and I mean, he had a special place in his heart uh, for the Bearcats and uh, being able to experience it myself to see exactly what he's talking about and build those relationships because like, their, their generation is, is very close as well. Um, and, and, and to have the success on the field with, with our teams, like we had some really good lineups that we put out on the field each year. And um, Riley, he's probably – the best catcher in college baseball during that time. Um, he, he, we had a chance to play some pro ball afterwards, and then I mean, he, he in the, his baseball career is still going on in, in the coaching now. Um, but uh, being able to play with and live with 
Riley was amazing. I mean, like, that, that was probably the best recruiting tool that Northwest had, knowing that Riley was already there. Uh, my best friend's already there. I'm able to live with them, compete with them, and uh, it's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, like, there, there was definitely some other uh, schools that w- was thinking about, um, but I knew at Northwest, number one, Riley was already there. Number two, I had an opportunity to compete for a starting job as a true freshman, and that really enticed me, knowing that I wasn't—I had, I had a chance. I mean, there was, there was definitely a possibility that I would have redshirted, but I knew that if I played well, there was a possibility to be able to, to start day one, and um, and I, I really look forward to that opportunity. Whenever you're going through recruitment, and, and you know, Riley, just a year older than you, you're both talented. You're coming up through Smithville and, and playing ball, I'm sure, all across the Midwest at that point, too, of any way you can get a, a game in, you're going and, and doing it, and, and people are seeing you. Was it just initially we're talking to Riley, or is they're talking to him and he's getting closer and a senior, and, and whenever he's making that decision, that it's also kind of like, Hey, your brother's pretty good too. Bring him along for the visit. Was the recruitment kind of a package deal at all? No, it, it, it was definitely. They recruited Riley. Um, I don't remember going on any recruiting visits with Riley. Um, definitely when when uh, Coach Lowe, Skip came came to the house, I got to meet like for Riley's visit. I was there and got to meet him. Um, but it was all focused on Riley. And then uh, I think the following year, uh, it was on me. I mean, I, I, there, there may have been some interest um, going through Riley, but I was not. I don't know. I wasn't aware of it, or it didn't seem like it, there was any focus on me at that time. Um, it just kind of worked out. They got Riley, and then I came along one year later. When you're hearing stories from your dad about Northwest Missouri State baseball, did you guys get the chance to come up and and see many games, or were you playing a lot so much that you didn't get to to Bearcat Field? And so no, it was the, the, new. the most we got to, uh, they they would have um, reunions, and they would have the reunions. Usually, it was in Smithville where Coach Wasman and that generation would come in. So we got to meet a lot of that generation as far as like driving up and watching games. Like you said, we were, we were doing our own spring and summer. So we, we never got to get up. And uh, I think the first Bearcat game I got to see was when Riley was a freshman. Um, and my high school season was over. I got to come up and see the, the conference tournament. Uh, but no, we, we never came up and got the, we, we, we came up to campus in the fall and we would go to some football games, but our schedule was just so packed. We couldn't get up to the, the baseball season. Tell me about what those teams were like that you were on when you're at Northwest Missouri State for those four years, 119 and 96. You guys are 23 games over 500, playing some good ball. And you mentioned it; there were a lot of good players on those teams. It was. It was. It, it, I, I, there wasn't a single game where we went into thinking that the other team had a better offensive lineup than we had. Like our, our offense was from top to bottom. It was, and I, I, we were very fortunate because it was each every year. It seemed like we had a great lineup put on the field and we just we never got past that over the hump where i think we made it the conference tournament a couple times but uh just string string those three or four wins together at the at the right time and um but and it, it was a talented group of guys but it was such a good chemistry group of guys as well i mean it was, it was, a, it was a fun fun time are there any games, any big moments, any walk-offs, anything like that, that as you think back is the kind of the first thing that flashes through your mind game-wise? Uh, I, I do. The, the ones that, that come back easily, uh, Riley and I were hitting uh, back-to-back in the order. I think he was hitting third, I was hitting fourth, and we went 
back-to-back home runs twice. Once was at Washburn, and once was a home game against Emporia. And that was something we always talked about, like, oh, it wouldn't be awesome if we went back-to-back and then actually be able to do it. Uh, that that was pretty awesome. So so are you leading that off and hitting the first one, or are you finishing No, that? I believe he was hitting the – I think he was uh, hitting third. I, I hope I'm right on this. I think he was hitting third and I was hitting fourth. So he hit it, and then both times then I was on deck and camp and, and got mine. <laughs> so – for those of us that that not nearly good enough to make it out of Little League, let alone, you know, step up and do what you guys are doing, you see a pitch come in, you kind of hear about it within like a major league broadcast, too, of seeing the spin of a pitch and, you know, identifying things so quickly. I mean, are you seeing a pitch come down and it kind of hits slow motion where you're like, I'm going to put a good swing onto this and it could go? Yeah, it, like when you're on a hot streak you, you get in there and it seems like there's a beach ball coming in there like, it, 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 it's all timing i mean there's days where you feel like your timing's a little bit off and it may be throwing you a fastball right down the middle and there's no chance you're gonna hit it but if, when your timing's on no matter what they throw you're gonna pick up the like you're gonna pick up the spin and it's just an easy game and put the barrel in a, in a ball and who knows what's gonna happen so when you left northwest holding records like most career hits, RBIs, runs, ABs, and games played, you're second in home runs. And then MIAA-wise, you have a career record for putouts and total chances as well. When you hear some of those, do any stick out in your mind a little bit more than the others? Uh, I think games played, I, I feel like um, I like that. It, I don't know. For me, it says that I was consistent and skipped had the confidence to throw me out in the field every day. And uh, I think there's something said about consistency and um, knowing that you're going to be a part of the lineup and be able to help the team win. Being in the game is probably my my favorite of those. I think you drove, around, drove in about 200 runs across your career. And, of course, to have an RBI, someone – a lot of times has to do something in front of you unless you're hitting a solo home run. But is there something also that kind of has to be wired into a baseball player to drive in a lot of runs or a clutch gene of coming up at certain moments and just coming up with a big swing? Yeah, I think it's just being putting up competitive at-bats. Whether the runner runs on base or not, uh, you put up a competitive at-bat. Um, something good's going to happen more often than not. And like, like you said, I had... A lot of those records, there's people in front of me. I had the, the Ryan Bledsoe. I, I, I believe he set the career record single-season hits. He was only with us one season the senior year. Uh, I had Ben Malik who hit in front of me, Nick Pfeiffer hit in front of me. So, like, those guys are on base a ton, which gives me the opportunity to drive them in. Um, and, yeah, I, I think if you're ready to compete, more often than not, something good's going to happen. So I'm curious, too, with the, the games played and getting in there and having those records, the longevity, there is a toughness factor that comes with that. And, and one of your former assistant coaches, Matt Johnson, uh, told me that you played an entire season with a broken bone in your wrist and you would swing and hit home runs with one hand because you couldn't roll over your top hand. I mean, what's going well, into that is it, with, with every swing knowing it's, it's probably going to be a little painful, right? Yeah, that, that was my senior year. And at the time, we didn't know it was broken. Uh, it happened, I think, shortly after our spring trip, and it was just it was very uncomfortable. And uh, I, I kind of 
took less batting practice and would hit in the game and still had a pretty good year. But come and then when the year was over in the summer, I went went to a specialist in Kansas City and they found out the the hammy bone, which is a very common. Like you hear back then, I didn't know anything about it, but now that I'm aware of it. I hear about you know I think uh, David Ortiz broke his hammy bone, and it's just a common injury in the baseball with the the way the wrist works. Um, so yes, uh, in hindsight, like it, I pl- no, I didn't know it was broken at the time. I just knew it was very uncomfortable and kept going out there and I did did okay. It would have been a lot of fun to see how it would have been if it wasn't broken. But that's kind of one of those things, though. That uh, as you get a little bit older, that injury can grow worse and worse, and all of a sudden you're Kirk Gibson rounding the bases and <laughs> just let it grow from there. Talk about the, those coaches that you worked with, though, throughout your time at Northwest with uh, Coach Lowe, Coach Johnson, Coach Creason, and, and how they kind of affected your career and, and helped you grow as a person. They were great. I mean, they, 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 they put in the time, and, I mean, defensively, like, I, I loved spending time in the batting cage. I loved defense, too, but, like, my passion was sitting in there holding the swing, studying the swing, and Creason, uh, Coach Creason would get out there, it was probably forty-five, half an hour, forty-five minutes before practice, and we'll work on ground balls. We're working on uh, on picking balls in the dirt uh, at first base, and uh, I would not have been the defensive player uh, that I was able to be with without uh, Coach Creason and both Matt Johnson and, and Coach Creason in, in, in the batting cage. I mean, uh, we're down there in the—I think they have better facilities now, but we're down there in the gray area, which is the, the basement of Lampkin, and doing tee work, soft toss. Um, all throughout the year. I mean, if, if they're not putting that time in, we're not getting, you know, that coaching. And we were very fortunate to have the coaches we had. Skip, uh, he, he gave me the opportunity to come in as a freshman. He believed in me. And uh, I was, I'm very fortunate to have the coaches that I was able to have while I was there. So as I was going through and, and getting ready to, to chat with you here, as you're getting ready to go to the, into the Inc. Club Hall of Fame coming up next month, it's just kind of crazy to think about Smithville baseball, your era, what has come from that small town here in northwest Missouri over the years when you think about M-Club Hall of Famer and one of the best to play at northwest Missouri State in yourself. Your brother Riley is still working with uh, the San Diego Padres, director of player development. Jace Tingler, the San Diego Padres manager. Tommy Thrall from Smithville is working as the voice of the Cincinnati Reds doing play-by-play. What is in the water in Smithville, or what at that time was happening to, to create all of these just great different baseball minds and athletes? Well, the common denominator there, I think, I think while, while I was in the Northwest, we had uh, at one time, I think we had five Smithville guys playing college baseball and the, at Northwest alone. I think that there were at least two or three others that were playing other, uh, elsewhere in the common denominator. We all played for a uh, summer program, the Kansas City Sluggers, and a coach by the name of Dave Bingham ran that uh, organization. And he had us pre- prepared for any college organization in the country. I mean, th- that program was uh, one of the most beneficial things, and, and every single one of us went through it. Uh, Jace, he would have been one of the uh, the first ones to go to that um, organization. He may have been, even been a, an original slugger, uh, but the, the Baseball knowledge that we were able that we were given, and um, the coaching that we received in that program is 
we all happen to come from Smithville, but that's the program that made us. Whenever you're in those situations and, and I mean, essentially playing baseball with your best friends and just kind of living up and, and enjoying it, do you have the inkling that maybe we're all pretty good? Maybe we have something a little bit beyond this if we just kind of keep working at it. Yeah, I, I would say that uh, definitely in high school we realized that we're good. Um, we playing summer ball. The, we're, we're playing teams all over the country, and most of, most of the players we're playing are Division One players or draft picks. So, like our team, a very talented team. Um, but our team was we had we had a few D one guys um, on the on the team. But most of ours were D two and JUCO guys. But we were so well coached, we were competitive with with these better talents, um, and so we, we we which which was good because it kind of kept us in our place. We knew that we were we were talented, but we knew that there was we weren't the best of the best by any means. Uh, when we get back to our high school season, you know, we we had the opportunity to travel around. We were very successful in high school because it was not what we were seeing in the summer. So it was it was. That's probably why we were so good in high school. But um, yeah, I, I think that we recognize that the coaching that we received was not the same that everybody had the opportunity to receive. So now, with everything that's happened and transpired over the last ten or fifteen years, does your baseball allegiance lie with the Padres? A little bit of the Rangers. Where, where are you at right now? I am wherever Riley is at. So <laughs> I, eight, how many years ago? Eight years ago. I was, come on, Rangers. And as soon as he was Padres, it was a quick switch for me. Come on, Padres. It, it, it's fun because I feel like I get to get a, an insight on the, the team that not everybody gets just because of the knowledge that the Rallies have. And it's a bonus having Jace there. You know, that's it, you're really pulling for both of them now. Um, but I, I try to make some spring training trips out there and kind of get to see the, the minor league side of it, get to meet some of the players and, and follow them up, and um, so it's it's fun because I feel like I got to meet a lot of those guys um, at spring training, and so I, growing up I was always a Royals fan, but I, I didn't know any of them. It was just you know the little kid pulling for the hometown team. But after getting to meet guys, like there's a different sense of you know them, so you're really pulling for them. So hopefully they can get hot here in the last three weeks and sneaking into the postseason and then anything can happen in the postseason so which is very cool too that the chance to go to spring training and, and see some of these guys and talk to them and they are essentially the most fun team of baseball feels like too a little, struggling a little bit now but once they get hot i mean there's a yeah, lot of a lot are. of exciting like teams up and down the lineup it, it, it's a very talented team they just got to get headed in the right direction shortly all right Britt, a few quick ones for you and then i'll let you go appreciate you coming on with me today when you look back at it the best baseball player to come out of Smithville is who? Shane Lind. When did he play? He played at Missouri Southern or Missouri State. Missouri State, whatever the, the Division One down there. He was a shortstop pitcher, um, could run like a deer, had a cannon for an arm, could hit. I mean, I think I believe he ended up playing outfield down there. Um, Jace is up there too. I just never got to. I never got to an opportunity to play with Jace. So I, I didn't get to see it firsthand. Um, so the best player that I personally got to play with out of Smithville was Shane Lynn. All right. I was shooting for uh, Britt and Riley Westman, but that's pretty good, too. <laughs> no, no, no. We are not. He is uh, 
He is the superior of the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so you're listed at six foot three on your roster in uh, 2008 online. Was baseball your only sport, though? I mean, did you, did you have a bigger build that like played a little football, a little basketball? I played baseball, basketball, and I had some interest in basketball. I think from I, I'm guessing Division three. My I had already signed to play baseball uh, at Northwest by the time my senior basketball season started, and my basketball coach said, "Hey, if you want to, there's there's interest here, but I was nowhere near the player in basketball that." Uh, I feel like I was in baseball, and basketball was a blast. I, I just I had that passion for baseball, but um, yeah, those were the two. No, no football. So, who are you looking up to as a as a young athlete, like professionally? Is there a royal or a chief or anybody like that that you kind of gravitated more toward? Uh, growing up, I really like. I mean, I was a, a student of the game and trying to break down swings and imitate swings. Um, uh, the I don't know. Set everything aside. The players that I really liked, Barry Bonds, because he was so quick, and that was in, in his heyday. Was when I was end of middle school through high school, watching him. Moises Alou, uh, no batting gloves, and his swing looked so quiet. But it was, I mean, he had so much power behind it. Those were probably two swings that I really liked, and unsuccessfully tried to imitate throughout my <laughs> my playing days. And great players. And the bad part is too. You say Bonds and Alou. I think a lot of people like it immediately goes to a negative thought because of steroids with it, Bonds. It does. It does. Well, he, definitely with Bonds. Alou. I, I think Alou doesn't have any of that. Well, uh, no, not that. But I was thinking more of like um, Bartman and that the the foul ball and oh yeah the, the curse yeah. and everything. Yeah. Like oh man, I just think of him like not catching that ball at Wrigley and getting upset and it yeah. went south from yeah, there. But, <laughs> which I mean, in, in his defense. I don't think he would personally was. Oh no, not like, at all. It was not the personal, but like in that situation, you know, he wants to win so bad. And but yeah, that that is one of the, the memories tied to him. Yeah, try to think of him as like an Astro and and hitting the ball yep. out there. But yep. yep. All right. And uh, finally, um, whenever you're getting inducted, Game Three of the World Series, who's going to be playing? Ah, uh, well, we got to go Padres. All right. <laughs> and that'll be Padres. And uh, I'm going to go Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays are going to sneak in there. and They're going to get hot at the right time. I would love to see that series. And that you're, So you're right. It's just get hot at the right time, so it doesn't matter. It is. Padres have been so, cold. So, if they kick it up, I mean, they could roll at this point. Which would be cool because I think both those teams are currently not in the wild card. So both of them are going to have to play well in the next three weeks if they get playing the wild card and just carry from there through the postseason. And could you imagine how exciting that would be with – you think about Tatis and Machado on one side, and you've got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bichette and all those other. I mean, yeah. that would be an yeah. exciting World it would, Series. It would, it would be a very entertaining series. A lot, <laughs> a lot of young talent in there. Uh, awesome, Britt. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate you coming on. Congratulations on the M Club Hall of Fame inductions coming up, and um, hope to chat with you again soon. Matt, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks again to Britt Westman for joining us on Bearcat Rewind. The Hall of Fame inductions are set for October 29th in the Student Union Ballroom, so check out BearcatSports.com for more information or for tickets to the banquet. And in case you missed it, over the last few weeks, our guests on the podcast have included C.J. Moore from The Athletic, Jonathan Baker, a former Northwest quarterback, Tim Hanna from the Bearcat track and field team, Laney Joseph, 
and so much more. So check out those archived episodes of the podcast. Thanks to Alex Kurt, a Northwest professor, for producing our intro and outro music. And thank you for listening to Bearcat Rewind. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>